that's what kind of makes it more fun. I've, I've been like an adrenaline junkie, like all, like throughout my life. I mean, I, I rode horses, I, you know, I snowboard, I ride dirt bikes, I shoot, you know, guns. I do a lot of stuff and I, and I love that adrenaline rush. Like I love the risk in doing things in sports. Yeah. But with trail running, like you, you kind of get that when you run that crazy terrain because you can slip and then, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna hurt a little bit if you do, you know, like there's always a, there's a risk involved. And a lot of my friends who do OCR tell me they don't want to do trail races because it's boring. You know, there's no obstacle, like they'll get bored. But I'm like, if you do, if you run some of these technical trails, like you're not bored, you're looking in front of you. <laughs> What's next? There might not be an obstacle, but there could be, you know, a bunch of slippery rocks up ahead, you know, like, like a scramble ahead. Like, you know, there could so, be a bear. There could be, or snake. <laughs> Welcome to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Run Venture Zoom series on Wednesday, September 9th, 2020, when we sat down with ultra runner and OCR athlete Lauren Longfield to hear about how she is tearing it up on the trails. Lauren is quickly accumulating some very impressive FKTs on some super technical trails in New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. So sit back and relax or grab some Oreos and hit the trails and enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Taperin, the latest supplement that should be a part of every runner's daily regimen. Do you have a marathon coming up in a couple of weeks? Are you feeling restless and anxious? Are you suffering from inexplicable aches and pains that weren't there before? Are you experiencing unexpected mood swings? Has your family had enough of your taper tantrums to the point where they are threatening to impale you on your trekking poles? Golly gee, it sure sounds like you are tapering. If so, ask your doctor if tapering is right for you. Side effects may include dishes being done, unusually pleasant smell, and discovering family members that you don't remember. <laughs> All right, welcome everybody to the next episode of our Run Venture Zoom series. I am here with Lauren Longfield. You can see her on the screen. She is joining us out in Sussex County, New Jersey. So before we jump into our chat with Lauren, I'm gonna give you as always a background on Sasquatch trail running and let you know what is going on right now in the world of Sasquatch. So this is the ninth episode of our Run Venture Zoom series. We've had so many amazing runners that have come on to our series here if you missed any of those episodes we are so excited to share that we now have an official sasquad trail running podcast and you can find that anywhere that podcasts are streaming you can find us on apple google play spotify several other platforms we are on there so just type in sasquad trail runners and you can follow uh, follow up on any of the episodes that we have done in the past they're on their live now so Sasquatch trail running we started out hosting trail parties that's what we call them all around New Jersey back in 2018 we now have 11 races in our series they were on a pause during the height of COVID-19 we are now back to our races so excited to share that our event for September 26 is a go at the Watchung Reservation in Mountainside, New Jersey. That is our Squatchung Surprise Trail Race. It is, admittedly, I say this about every race, but it really is one of the most fun races of our series. This event, if you sign up for the three or the six hour race, there's a bucket of golf balls that are different colors. You reach in before every loop and whatever ball that you pull out, that is the color that of the loop that you're gonna run. So every runner runs a completely different race. It is by chance, whatever color you get is the color loop that you're gonna run. So obviously we are gonna have some accommodations because of the pandemic. So you won't be reaching into the bucket this year. We're gonna have our volunteers do that. Again, some adjustments with the aid station, but we're a go for that. The six and three hour events sold out in 25 or 26 hours which was incredible we still have spots for the 5k and you can put your name on the wait list for the three or six hour event and see if you get a chance to get in on the fun so this past monday we ended our annual squatch hunt which was so much fun 
If you haven't heard about it, it's, it's basically a combination of a scavenger hunt and flat Stanley and trail running and hiking. So there was a big list of items, locations, activities that you had to do, and you would take a picture, but you had to include a little Sasquatch in each picture and each, and each um, item on the list had a point value. And so right now, everybody who participated is putting their one final post on our Facebook group and to be eligible for our Squatchtastic prizes, you have to do that final post that has all your pictures and the point values on it in order to see if you're competing for the crown and the, uh, the cool prizes that we have. So today is actually the last day that you can post in the group with that final post. So if you haven't done that yet, get on that tonight and we will announce the winners at the end of the week. We also wanna share that we have the green light for two additional events for 2020. October 17th at the South Mountain Reservation in West Orange, New Jersey. We have our last Squatch Standing event rescheduled from April. So it is now in October. And this year, again, make some accommodations. We are offering two divisions, which I actually think it's gonna turn out to be super fun. At 8 a.m., we're offering the competitive division. And at 2 p.m., we're offering the nothing but fun division. So each, each field is limited to 50 runners. And so that'll allow us to get 100 runners out on the course over uh, the course of the day. So you can register for that event on ultrasignup.com. And it's, it's similar to a backyard ultra style where it's an elimination race. But instead of starting every loop on the hour, we put a twist on it. So it's a one mile loop and there's a countdown clock. So time comes off of the clock every mile. So we keep going until we get down to one runner and we give an actual gold crown for the top male and top female for the race. So you just, you come to the event, you try to see how long you can hold on and it's so much fun. It is just a blast to watch the runners and sometimes it's really dramatic. You see runners, you know, sprinting with the countdown is three, two, one. It is just a ton of fun. So that is in October. And the spots are filling up pretty quickly for a competitive division. I think we've got maybe 10 to 15 spots left for that. On the end of November, the weekend of Thanksgiving, on that Saturday, it's the 28th, we have the Squatchy Leftovers 5K, 10K. That's again at the South Mountain Reservation in West Orange, New Jersey. And we are offering two start times for this. So this is, again, it's going to allow us to have more runners come out, but more room to spread out. So you can sign up to run the 5K or 10K at either 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. And each, each wave is limited to 100 spots. And I can promise that this event will sell out because it has the last couple of years and especially with the limited spots uh, that's gonna fill, out, fill up quickly. So you can register for all of our events are on ultrasignup.com. So, Okay, now we jump into the really fun part. I get to introduce our guest, Lauren Longfield. She is here for our next episode of the Run Venture Zoom series. So Lauren has come to two Sasquatch trail parties and each time she has left with a ton of awards, which is so fun. So this past March, she came out to the double squatch race that's over at Stoke State Forest in Branchville, New Jersey. And between the two days, she did six hour on Saturday, six hour on Sunday, and she covered 58.9 miles between the two days. So she finished top female for both events, and then also the winner for the combined events of Saturday and Sunday. So she left with, I think we sent her home with a box of our awards that she got, which was really fun. And then in September of last year, she came to the Squatchunk Surprise, we were able to offer a nine hour event, which we can't do this year, but she won that finishing first female and she covered 45 miles in the nine hours, which is really, really awesome. So Lauren, if you know her, you know that she is a fierce competitor, but also a gracious winner. And that's what I, I just love about Lauren is huge smile on her face and also congratulating all the other runners, you know, from the top of the field to the back of the pack which is what Sasquatch is all about. And so that's why, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to get Lauren 
on the Zoom tonight is she just represents who we are as Sasquatch so well. So this summer, Lauren has been tearing it up on the trails. If you've been following her on social media, we've shared some stuff as well in our Sasquatch trail running group. She is just knocking down the FKT. So FKT stands for fastest known time. And um, I'm going to open up the page right here so I can read them out. So you can get an idea of just how, how much she's tearing it up on the trail. So she has one, two, three, four, five FKTs right now, including Mount Tammany, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. It climbs over a thousand feet over a couple miles. And she has the FKT for that. She said it once and then went back and said it again. So it's now at 38 minutes and 24 seconds, which is blistering fast on Tammany if you've ever run that route. Recently, just a week or two ago, she went out to Stonetown Circular Trail, which is tough. It's a tough trail out in Ringwood, I believe. And she's got that FKT is at uh, two hours, four minutes and 24 seconds. And then she's also gone up to the Adirondacks, which if you've ever been up there, you know those trails are no joke. So she has the FKT for Cascade and Porter Mountains. It's a double at an hour and 23. And then also up to the Catskills for the Catskill Fire, Fire Show, which I'm so excited to talk about that because that's a, re a really unique FKT. And she's got that at seven hours and 15 minutes. And then as well, again, for Hurricane Mountain, which is also in New York, an out and back at an hour and 13 minutes. So... Lauren, I, I know I just painted like this awesome, really like incredible picture for you because it's all true. It's just incredible. And I wanted to give people that background just so they know what you're doing is just unbelievable on the trails. And But it's not just trail running. And we're going to talk about that tonight. You have a really awesome track record with OCRs, with the Spartan obstacle course racing, and then also some history in competitive bodybuilding, which is really, really cool. So before we jump into all of that, I want to start with just the basics so people can, can hear a little bit about you. So tell us, Lauren, who you are, where you live, what do you do for a living, and who is Lauren Longfield? Wow, where do I start? Um, <laughs> I live in Sussex County, New Jersey. Um, I live by Stoke State Forest, actually. Um, and I work for the state government. I work for um, the state senator and the state assemblyman for my district of where I live. Um, I have always been into sports, you know, like my entire life. I rode horses my whole life. Um, I've done a lot of sports that don't really, I don't know, complement each other. So I think um, I finally found you know, OCR and trail running two years ago. And I feel like I fit the best with that. I feel like I found what like I'm actually good at, <laughs> I guess. Um, and what I really enjoy. So. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up as a kid, did you play sports? Were you, were you into sports growing up or was it kind of later in life that you got into more of an active lifestyle? I started riding horses and competing at four. Um, and I did that throughout you know, throughout school. So I never really played the typical sports. Um, I just always kind of rode horses after school. Like that would, that was basically my sport. So I never did the typical sports. I never played track or base, you know, any of those other fall sports. Um, and then in high school, I got into snowboarding. So I would compete snowboarding during the winter. And then I would compete with horses, you know, the rest of the year. So basically nothing that's normal, I guess, no normal sports. <laughs> And so when you say, when you say compete with horses, what is, what does that mean for, for those of us who are, you know, don't know so about I, that, that, that scene? What, what does that mean? So I would do show jumping. Um, I'm sure you may have seen horses jumping over those like wooden jumps. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would do, um, you know, basically like basically did that my entire life. So yeah, just kind of jumping over jumps. They call it show jumping. Okay, but I know it's kind of, yeah. Do you still ride now? No, I haven't rode for the last like couple of years. I kind of got out of that after I graduated college and, you know, got a real job and stuff. I, I kind of, you know, strayed away from that. And then I found the gym, which is how I got into body. 
Yes. Okay. Let's, let's jump into that. Tell us how in the world did you find bodybuilding? What got you into it? What did you love about it? And uh, just fill us in on, on those details. So I graduated college, never really played normal sports, but I was always active. So I wanted to do something. I joined a gym and I learned about lifting weights. I was always the skinny girl. So I kind of wanted to like put, you know, build muscle and be strong. So um, I got into lifting, but then I wanted to compete because there's something I'm naturally competitive and competitive with myself. So I wanted a goal to strive for while being in the gym every day. And I heard about um, these bodybuilding competitions, um, bikini bodybuilding competitions and that you could work for. Um, you know, you have to work out every day, follow a strict diet. Um, it was like, it basically takes up your entire life, um, which I found out. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's a show where you basically go on stage and you get judged for your physique aesthetically, you know, based on what the judges want you to look like um, in your division. So I got into that um, and it was really hard. Like it was really difficult. You literally had to count how, you know, your macros exactly every day, you know, know how much you're eating. It was like a science behind. Wow. So it was a lot. Um, but it was a challenge and, I, and it was hard and I liked the challenge of it. So that was kind of my goal during those like five years of lifting weights. Like I would pick out competitions to do, to strive for. And um, towards the end, I kind of got bored with it because I didn't feel like an athlete. Um, I was training, but I wasn't performing, if that makes sense. Um, when you compete, you kind of stand on a stage and, you know, when you you know, when you're an athlete, you usually perform, like, you know, you show, like, you work so hard, so I can do this and that, but I just didn't really feel like an athlete anymore, so I kind of lost interest um, towards the end of all that, um, and that's kind of how I started to get into um, OCR, basically. Yes. yes, okay, so I'm excited to talk about OCR, but first, let's, let's tell folks who might not be familiar, what does OCR stand for? What in the world is OCR? Okay, so OCR is obstacle course racing. And the biggest name out there is Spartan, which most people have heard of. Um, they offer distances from three miles to 30 miles um, of an obstacle course race. So any anywhere from like jumping over walls, climbing under barbed wire, carrying heavy buckets of rocks, sandbags up mountains, um, you know, there's different kind of rigs and monkey bars and all kinds of things. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of obstacles and usually you're on pretty tough terrain. You know, there may be some bushwhacking involved, really muddy conditions. Uh, they try to make it challenging, really challenging all, all around. Right. Okay, so how did you find out about OCR races? So I had some friends from my gym who told me they were going to this Spartan race at West Point and it was gonna be a three to five mile obstacle course race and it was gonna be fun. So I never ran up until this point. So I was like, I don't know if I can run it. And they're like, oh, we're just gonna walk it. So I was like, okay. Um, so I went and we walked the whole thing and we did, you know, we did all the obstacles and I was able to get through every obstacle and, and everyone was like, wow, you know, usually you can't do that the first time around. It's usually, you know, difficult for people. Um, but I, I guess I had that strength from bodybuilding and I've kind of always, always had like, you know, body weight strength um, to get my, you know, grip strength and all that. So um, I've always been able to do like 20 pull-ups at a time, which is kind of weird for a girl. So <laughs> I'm one of those like weird people. So um, I got all the obstacles and I was like, this is really fun. And I thought maybe I could start running a couple miles a week and like maybe I could do these if I could run. Right. Um, so, yeah, so that was two years ago in August that I went to this race. And then two years ago from this month in September was when I decided to start running. And so you've I could only, do you've these. Only, you've only been running for two years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I didn't, I didn't realize that. That is, that's insane, Lauren. Yes, because with bodybuilding, you don't. I was trying to put on muscle. So I wasn't doing any cardio because I was trying to not, you know, burn off the muscle that, you know, you 
you know, that you've built. Yeah. So I didn't do any cardio. I had strength. I had a lot of strength, but I just didn't have um, cardio. So basically, um, I wanted to run. I wanted to learn to run and be, you know, get better, try to get decent at running so I could do these obstacle course races. Um, so I signed up for one in November at Mountain Creek, which um, I think some people are familiar with. And it was a nine mile race. So, which was a big deal to me. Um, right. Really big deal. So I was like, okay, I can run and try to do this race. So last minute I signed up in the competitive wave and I got second place in my age group. Wow. And it was during a nor'easter, that nor'easter we had two years ago too. So it was like, I mean, it was hell. It was, it was like the craziest thing that I've ever went through in my entire life. <laughs> and people were pulled out like, you know, for hypothermia. they were pulled off the course. Oh it is. Um, it was it was crazy, but like I loved it. <laughs> like that kind of just like made me fall in love with obstacle course racing, like with the sport. Um, right away, I was like, yeah. "This is the coolest." I've never like had to push myself so hard, or like been on the verge of like hyperthermia, been on the verge of like, "Am I gonna finish this?" Like it was it was crazy. Um, so then I, I heard about the Spartan Ultras, um, which was a 30-mile race with 72 obstacles. It's supposed to be the hardest, you know, Spartan. So I was like, I want to try that, um, <laughs> you know, because that's even harder. Um, and that was going to be at Mountain Creek 2 in April. So I figured I had a good amount of time from November to April to train. And in that training process, which I trained myself, um, you know, during that time, I, I tried to do research, kind of, kind of just wung it. Um, but I thought maybe I should step into a 50K, a regular 50K first before, yeah. before I do a, one with obstacles and all kinds of crazy stuff. So I did that. I did my first trail race, 50K in February and did so not think I was going to finish. The Apple at South Mountain? Nice. Yes. Yes. And everyone was great. Like everyone I met, like they were all so positive. Like they were all like, there was snow on the ground. Like it was kind of crazy weather, but everyone was so happy. Yeah. Um, you know, like, and supportive. And cause I was like, I don't know if I'm going to finish. Like, this is terrifying. I couldn't comprehend 30 miles, like running that. Um, I, but I then I was there that was that two years ago. That was, yeah, two years ago. So was that, was that the year that it started out, the weather was great, and then as the day went on, it started snowing? Or was that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I remember there was snow around at the end, and I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it went, it, I mean, I finished, you know, it went well, I survived, like nothing bad happened. And, and after that race, I was like, well, how, how far can I go? Like, now that I can do this, like, how far can I go? I kind of enjoyed like pushing myself that way. And then I did my first, you know, Spartan Ultra, which was like insane in the best way. <laughs> tell us, tell <laughs> us about that. What, what in the world was that just ridiculous? Like so hard. It, it was so challenging. Cause so it was 30, about 32 miles. And I think it was 11,000 feet of climbing. 11,000 feet in 32 miles. And, oh my gosh <laughs> and then 72 obstacles and like it was cold because it was april so april new jersey is, is pretty cold yeah and is that mountain creek, creek too yes mountain creek. oh my goodness yes and then with spartan races you there's one obstacle that's in every race that you have to do and it's called the dunk wall and it's where you get in this muddy water and you have to fully submerge yourself underneath this wooden wall to come out the other side. Oh, so, no. but, so no matter what, you're getting completely soaked, um, regardless of what the weather is. So it's like planning on, you know, what to wear. Um, you know, it's all the logistics that go into Spartan races that you don't encounter in a trail race. Um, right. so, so it was cold. So I had to figure out, you know, what to wear. So we, a Spartan Ultra is two laps of a Spartan Beast, which is a 13-mile 13 13-mile um, 13 Spartan race. And then we have an extra loop to, to, you know, get the 32. So every obstacle that we did the first time, including that dunk wall, we knew we had to do again. Um, they actually ended up 
closing, thankfully they closed the wall because they close it if the outside temperature and the water temperature has to equal a certain amount or they should close it because of hyperthermia. So they ended up, <laughs> they ended up closing it the second, the second lap, which I was very grateful for. Um, but I just remember like carrying this heavy sandbag up this, up Mountain Creek, which is like steep ski hill yeah. and thinking, oh, and do this again, <laughs> like again. Um, so yeah, it was, I didn't think I was going to finish that. And it was like the longest nine and a half hours of my life. <laughs> like it was, oh. it was crazy. and I did, so Spartan has a competitive, um, division and then they have the elite pro division and the elite pro is where you can win money. Um, the Spartan pros, you know, you're usually competing against Spartan pros. So at that point I did the competitive division and I, I won, um, wow, for my Warren. Yeah, which was crazy. I wasn't expecting it. And I actually won for overall women age group. And I realized that if I competed in the pro elite category, I would have been third. So which was pretty like, okay, like maybe, maybe like the ultra thing is like what I should be doing. Yeah, so yeah. So July, um, August, I'm sorry, August of that year, I switched to the elite pro um, category of Spartan. So I wanted to get a couple you know, under me first. And then I switched to the elite pro. So, um, I kind of started off doing the crazy stuff, but that's, that's like what I like, you know, I'm, I like the longer stuff. That's kind of what, you know, draws me in. So. Right. Right. So, okay. So, I mean, obviously I know that Spartan races are canceled for the rest of 2020, but, um, so would you say that you are, if you had to say you're, you're an OCR athlete, would you say you're a trail runner? How would you describe yourself? Can you put yourself in a box or is, or is it, you know, you're, you're doing multiple things. So I definitely, I did more OCR. So last year was my first year competing, running, racing. Um, I definitely did more OCR than I did um, normal trail races, but that's because i I do, you know, OCR races of all lengths from three miles up until the ultras, but I've only done ultra trail races. So usually, um, you can't really do those every weekend. Um, right. I, I did a couple times last year, but usually you don't do that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, I, last year I would definitely consider myself an OCR athlete and, you know, I do now, but I also think that like the trail running is like coming close to the OCR, you know, too. Yeah. It, it's, you know, because I feel like I'm well built for OCR because I have the strength and, um, you know, you're put through, you're put through hell a lot of the times in these, you know, you have to be a strong runner. It's not always about being fast. It's about being strong in the OCR world. And I never really considered myself a fast runner. So I thought, you know, being a strong runner, would be, you know, I knew that I was a strong runner and like, maybe I could do well in OCR, which is why I think I, I have done pretty, you know, well in OCR. Um, but I'm learning to run faster now a little bit. I will. Oh, you're running fast. (laughs) I'm kind of finding my like, you know, niche with like mountain, you know, mountain running, technical running. Um, definitely my strong point so I guess I would call myself like an OCR slash mountain technical runner ultra runner that's that's a perfect segue so into uh the mountains which most of the people watching and myself that's what we love right so when did you first dip your toes into mountain running I'm assuming it it sounds like you 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 take sparks and then but when did you start to do specific mountain running and training and then eventually talk about the FKTs in a few minutes, but how did you get into the mountain scene? So when I did all the, I did a lot of racing last year, but besides racing, I would do probably 70% of my running on a treadmill. Wow. Um, yeah, which is, which is kind of great. Cause I was always a gym person from like the lifting background. So I guess I just kind of grabbed towards a treadmill. Right. Um, I started at the end of last year doing incline work on the treadmill because I wanted to get better at climbing, um, you know, so I did some of that. Um, but I stuck mainly, besides my long runs, I stuck to the treadmill a lot. Okay. So March, this thing called uh, the coronavirus happened and my gym closed. And I was like, shit, 
you know, I need to, I need to run and I don't have a treadmill. Like what am I going to do? So I realized I live about five minutes from the Appalachian trail. Um, uh, jokes <laughs> and the pollen. So I have a lot of trails nearby and I'm lucky to have trails nearby. Um, so I, I also discovered Tammany was not too far from me and Sparta Glen Mountain, which is another great place um, with great climbing. You know, it's like a mini Mount Tammany is what I kind of consider it. Right. So, um, yeah, so I had all these places like near me to run. So I basically started trail, started, you know, figuring out these places. I went to Mount Tammany with a few friends in March and I could barely like, I was like, how do these people run this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, how do rocks? Like I couldn't like fathom it, you know? So the downhill, I was like trying to jog the downhill and I was like, I'm going to fall. I'm going to die. Like not okay. Um, so I, you know, but it was cool. Like it was fun. And then I started going there more. Um, I started running the Appalachian trail more and I started really, really liking technical running. I realized there was a skill behind it. Um, there's definitely a skill behind it. Definitely. You know, you need to not have the fear you need like confident when you're running, but confidence comes with skill. So I spent, you know, every day running either the Appalachian trail, running at Sparta, going to Tammany on the weekends and, um, you know, which in turn was a lot of climbing. So did a lot of climbing, actual climbing, which is different than treadmill climbing. Um, and I kind of got, kind of got good at it. Um, and, and then I was told, I didn't really know what the FKT thing really was in the beginning um, until I had someone tell me, you know, about it. Um, and my friend was like, well, it's FKT season, so you should get after it. <laughs> FKT season. So, um, so I heard about Tammany. Um, you know, Steve has the FKT for the male on, you know, for men on Tammany. So I was like, okay, maybe my goal can be to get a fast time, you know, there. So in the beginning of June, I went after that, um, and got that. And yeah. then, which was awesome, which was so cool. And I was told that I should try to go to the Catskills because there's there's mountains there and it's not too far away and I'd probably like it. So I made a trip to the Catskills and I loved it. Like it was so much fun. Yeah. And I ran, um, a couple of the fire towers up there my first time going. And then I was told about the fire tower challenge, um, which is there's five fire towers in the Catskills. Um, and in total, it's 22 and a half miles and about 7,500 feet of climbing um, within those five. And you basically go to each one. And they, the FKT website took my time um, of driving as well. Uh, it was four hours and something for my total on feet on foot time. But they also add on the, the driving time too. Um, so that's why it says seven, you know, seven hours. But um, I ended up getting the FKT for overall for, for the men and the women on that one. Yeah. And that was, a, that was my favorite one um, because each, like each trail was different. Um, so it was so much fun, like, you know, going to each different, you know, some of them were more technical, some were steeper, some were, you know, longer. Like it was, it was a great day. It was definitely one of my favorite, um, favorite FKTs I did. And then I was told about, well, you need to go to the Adirondacks because that's even cooler than the Catskills. And I was like, okay, maybe I should go there. Um, so my friend had to make a quick drive, quick, not really quick, but quick drive up to, um, you know, up by the Adirondacks, um, a day trip. So I told her I would go with her if we would stop at Hurricane Mountain because I heard good things about it and I knew that there was AT for that. So I was like, well, maybe I can just try to like kill two birds with one stone and try to go. <laughs> so, so that was my time up there. And, uh, I ran that and it was, it was so much fun. Like I loved it. Um, I've never been like that high up, like running, you know, the, the views on top of that mountain were like, unlike anything I've seen. I know I sound like, like a newbie, but, um, it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. The Adirondacks are just, it's a special place and the the high peaks like 
man, when you're on top of them and the ones that have the 360 summit, it is just, it's unbelievable. It's just, it looks like an ocean of, of mountains, you know? It's gorgeous. I, I love it. And I love the terrain of the, of the cats, you know, of the Adirondacks too. Like it's, it's great. It's, it's so much fun. So that's why I took a trip up there. Um, beginning of August. Yeah. Beginning of August, um, for a long weekend up there to like actually go up there and spend time up there. And I, it was the best weekend. It was great. Um, so much fun. So what, so what did you do when you were there a few weeks ago? So I did, um, the first thing we did was we went to Cascade and Porter, um, which is, I knew there was an FKT for that too. Um, I heard really good things about those mountains. I heard, you know, it's very popular mountain, you know, so we drove up there on a Friday and I just kind of, just kind of wung it, just kind of sent it, which is kind of how I'm living my life right now. <laughs> and like, it was great. It was so, it was so much fun. Um, you know, the weather was, the weather was great. And I got the FKT for that. And then I just spent basically the weekend just climbing all different mountains. Like there was, there's so many, like so much, so many things to do up there, but, um, we hit like quite a bit of, quite a bit of peaks. Um, did a lot of, did a lot of running, a lot of climbing in three days, but I want to go back again. I mean, it's, there's so much to do up there. There, there really is. And were you following the, um, the, the women who, the woman who just set the F, I think it was the FKT for all, uh, all the high peaks. Oh, yes. I follow that. Yes. So there's two. I'm sure that you did. <laughs> there's, there's two of them. Um, Sarah Keys and Alyssa uh, Gadeski, they both um, went after it at the same time, which was pretty yes. cool. Yeah. Like um, and yeah, and, and Alyssa got it. And she, I mean, in a really, really fast time, too. Um, it's because it's like, I mean, 150 miles and 60,000 feet of climbing, and you're not running through, like, you know, easy terrain. Like, they're bush. <laughs> there's, like, most of it's not even runnable, so it's, it's crazy, but, like, it's amazing. Like, I mean, I know, I know the male that had it, um, Ryan Atkins, he's a pro um, Spartan racer, um, but he, so he has a time for the, for the men, and I was like, oh, there's not really a female, like, going after it. So it's kind of cool they both did. Right. And I'm great. But, yeah, it's amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> so is, is that on your list? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be, like, that would be definitely, like, something I would want to do in the future. Like, something crazy like that. Like, I have, like, all these, all these plans that I want to do of, like, you know, um, like super long distance and stuff like that. But I guess I'm trying to push them out a little bit, a couple years. Okay. Um, but yes, I mean, yes, <laughs> I, it, that would be amazing. Yes. It would, it would just be an incredible, incredible experience. I mean, even to do all of the high peaks, you know, however long it would take, that would be an incredible experience. It just... There's a lot of, uh, we like to call it trail magic. There's a lot of trail magic up there in, in the high peaks. So, yes. um, quick question for you. Now you've been, you've been to Catskills, Adirondacks. How, um, do you have a favorite place? Like, do you have a favorite spot that you, I know they're all, they're, they're different. They have their, you know, specific things that you like, but do you have a favorite trail that you love going to? Hmm. It's a tough one yeah. because, you know, I really, I really like, I mean, every trail that I've done in the Adirondacks, I really like. Um, I, the, the last one we did before we left was Whiteface and Esther, um, which is, I mean, insane. Like it was, it was like a crazy trail. So that was really, really fun. And then um, Giant Mountain too in the Adirondacks. Um, a lot of scrambling. It's like going up rock, you know, rock faces. Like I've never before, prior to doing that, I've never ran anything quite like that. Right. So it's always full of surprises when you're up there. I think like you, you never know what you're going to get. Right. Um, each but I love, I love like just the, you know, the rugged terrain of the Adirondacks. So I think anything up there I love. And the Catskills, I mean, I love the Catskills too, because it's really similar. 
Um, but there are some trails in the Catskills that aren't as aggressive. You know, they're, they're much more runnable. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, the, Ad the Adirondacks, um, so I was just up there and with a couple of friends, we did the Great Range Traverse, which I'm sure you're, you're familiar with that. So what my takeaway was the Adirondacks, I think what sets them apart is there's really places where you get to on the trail where you're like, if you slip, that's it. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's some really <laughs> sketchy parts, uh, at least on the great range traverse, like on uh gothics and saddleback where you're, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's, it's such a weird thing because you're surrounded by such beauty, but then it's also like, you really, you need to focus because it's, it's, there's some sketchy parts, you know? But that, that's what kind of makes it more fun. I've, I've been like an adrenaline junkie, like all, like throughout my life. I mean, I, I rode horses. I, you know, I snowboard, I ride dirt bikes, I shoot, you know, guns. I do a lot of stuff and I, and I love that adrenaline rush. Like I love the risk in doing things in sports. Yeah. But with trail running, like you, you kind of get that when you run that crazy terrain because you can slip and then you know, you're gonna, you're gonna hurt a little bit if you do, you know, like, there's always a, there's a risk involved, and a lot of my friends who do OCR tell me they don't want to do trail races because it's boring, you know, there's no obstacle, like, they'll get bored, but I'm like, if you do, if you run some of these technical trails, like, you're not bored, you're looking in front yeah. of you, <laughs> what's next? There might not be an obstacle, but there could be, you know, a bunch of slippery rocks up ahead, you know, like, like a scramble ahead, like, you know, there could so, be a bear, there could be, or snake, <laughs> you know, there could be anything. So I, you know, I like that because it kind of keeps you on your toes and it makes things more interesting. And, you know, it's the risk is kind of makes it fun for right. me. Totally. Totally. So you alluded to this a little bit, a couple minutes ago. What is, if you, if you don't mind sharing, what's on your list for things ahead? And I know obviously with the pandemic, you know, races aren't necessarily set in stone, but do you have uh, maybe like a bucket list or things that you want to do over the next year or so looking ahead to 2021? It's hard. So my one, my one bucket list item was to climb, climb Everest, climb the, wow. the ascent. So, and I was actually able to do that in a 24 hour race that I did in July. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. We got to talk about that because you so, dominated, you dominated there, right? <laughs> that race kind of like opened my eyes to like what I'm actually capable of. Um, because before that I've never done a race longer than 13 hours. And this race basically it was 24 hour race. Um, it was a two mile out and back up and down a mountain um, with about a thousand feet of gain. And you basically did that two mile, a thousand foot of gain for 24 hours. Um, so I ended with 71 miles and 31,000 feet of elevation gain, um, which was crazy. Um, and Everest is 29,092 feet, I believe. So that was like my main goal was to climb. And I guess I climbed and ascended Everest. Um, so that, that was quite an experience because I was kind of waiting overnight to like, crash or like waiting for the wheels to fall off or something to go wrong and yeah I mean there were highs there were lows you know like any ultra but I felt pretty good like the whole time and I recovered pretty well so that was pretty shocking to me I thought you know I kind of like it was it was really cool it was like the coolest experience ever and kind of the only race that I've, I've done um this, you know, with everything being canceled and everything. So it was a small event. Um, it was an invitation only, um, super small event. Um, we were all like tested and stuff before it. It was, right. it was fairly low, but, um, yeah, it was like, it was great. It was a great experience. And that so, was your first, that was your first 24 hour event. Was that the first time you've ever tried something like that before where it's staying up 24 hours and running and yeah, that was my, that was my first time ever doing that. So it was kind of, that was terrifying to me because I was like, am I going to be able to stay awake for this long? And it started at noon on Saturday and then noon, okay. well, noon Sunday. So you were kind of awake more than 24, more like 48 hours by the time it was all said and done. Right. So that kind of scared me, but it really wasn't bad. You know, once you kind of get going, 
you're awake. Like I'd never, I didn't even need caffeine. I was just like going and, um, which really weird, (laughs) but I felt pretty good. Um, so I never went, I never ran that far. You know, I never climbed that much. So it was, it was cool. It was really cool experience. That's awesome. Um, okay. So that was a little bunny trail. Let's go back to, do you have any other, uh, things on the horizon that you're looking to accomplish over the next year or so, or a couple of years out? So I know that we don't really know what next year is going to hold with races. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's really up in the air, but if for some reason next year is somewhat normal and we're back to racing and all that great stuff, I want to keep, um, you know, racing Spartan. Uh-huh. Um, there's something called pro team, um, which is something that is a goal of mine to get on. Um, and so basically you just try to race and do well at Spartans would be cool. Um, how do you get you know, on the pro team? How does that work? So it's, uh, you know, I, I haven't really been in this Spartan world for that long, but I think it's, it's a combination of performance, um, you know, likability, who you know. Um, oh, so you got it sounds like you got to schmooze a little bit, huh? It sounds like there's a lot of things that aren't just performance-based, but also a lot of it is performance-based. So I'm going to look at it as performance-based. Yeah. So I'm going to try to best, you know, um, and, you know, and also, you know, they, they put more weight on certain races and others. So I guess try to do the races where they might care about more, um, but also do the races that I want to do as well. So I guess perform well um hopefully get on the Spartan Pro team at some point um and then with I want to do more so I love ultras and I want to do a bunch of crazy ultras next year um I've heard about a couple that you know because I'm pretty new to this so I kind of hear about more that I want to you know possibly do next year like there's one in the Catskills called like the Manitou 54 mile oh yeah yeah that exists (laughs) I want to do that (laughs) So, um, some like other crazy ultras, but I want to do some shorter mountain races too. Um, because I've kind of been working on getting faster, um, especially mountain stuff. So, um, you know, there are some shorter mountain races that I would probably want to try to do as well. Um, up North maybe too. So there's a lot that I want to do. Um, but definitely leaning towards, even for the ultras, like leaning towards more of the mountainous technical ultras, um, than anything else. So that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, all right. I've got a couple. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. If you have more. And there's a couple FKTs too, that I'm looking at in the fall. Um, or whenever I get to them, depending on, you know, what's, what's going on. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> awesome. Are they around here or, or more so up in New York State? More so up in New York State, um, but there is one here that I would like to do, and that's the Appalachian Trail. Yes. Um, All right. Uh huh. So that involves that one involves more planning, um, more logistics. You know, a crew. Uh, I like to do stuff on my own, like. I, I usually run on my own, like do everything on my own, but with that, I would need some, a crew and like, you know, maybe pacers, you know, but like just more planning than like the other FKTs that I've been doing. So that's something I want to do. I just have to see if I can, if I can, you know, plan it out correctly. And, um, and there's also a couple up North, you know, that are shorter and easier to do that I, that I definitely have my eyes on too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give a quick shout out to Kaylin Hopkins. I'm not sure if she's watching right now, but she just set the FKT for the out and back of the New Jersey Porsche Appalachian Trail, which is over 140 miles. And uh, we posted incredible. And if you haven't read her blog post yet, read it. You're going to feel like you were right there with her. It was just incredible. It was, it was amazing. I did, um, I don't know her personally, but I actually reached out to her because I'm like, that's insane. Like you did it on your own. Like that's insane. So yeah, she's um, <laughs> really nuts. Like getting caught in lightning storms and just really crazy. 
insane. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's very exciting. So you, you'll probably want to connect if you haven't already to Steve Lang and Ryan Thorpe, right? About the, cause they got, they had the FK or they had the FKTs for the uh, AT, right? Yeah. I, I talked to Steve a little bit about it. So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That is great. Um, okay. I got a couple questions. We'll go a little bit. We're going to dive a little deeper here. Um, and then we'll open it up to questions from the group chat. I'm going to read them from Facebook. Um, oh. my question for you is what, what drives you, right? We all have a reason of why we do these crazy things. Uh, what would you say? Is there something you can articulate in words? Because you are, you're pouring in hours and hours and hours right of training and then you know I see your bloody pictures as well you know if you take a, a tumble on the trail which I do all the time you know it's just a part of it but what do you think what what drives Lauren Longfield what, what gets you out of bed every morning and setting these massive awesome goals you know I can't say that like i you know, have a cool story of something I went through that was really challenging, um, you know, to overcome something that was terrible, or I, I just think, like, I like to push myself, like, I like the challenge, um, you know, and if I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it my all, because why would I just, you know, half-ass something, so right. any sport and any hobby I've done, I've, I've always just given it my all, because I, I want to be the best that I can be, um, and with this sport, with OCR, trail running, ultras, you know, it's kind of cool how, how you can see like what your, what your body's capable of doing, like how you can push yourself and how hard work, you know, consistency does pay off because, you know, I was the girl in gym class, like, you know, run the mile at like 830, like all out, like try my hardest. Like yeah. I was never the, person, you know, and that's why it's kind of funny that I'm a runner now because I was definitely not a runner then. Um, and how, you know, when I first started running, I, I, I was really slow, but like, I, I kind of went from running like 10 minute miles to now running, you know, seven minute miles, you know, it's, it's just kind of crazy how, how fast too, that you can, you know, get good at something because I could barely run at Tammany six months ago and I have the FKT at Tammany. So it just shows like if you work really hard at something like you can get better, you can be good. It's not all genetics. It's not like my parents are not runners like at all. Like, so I don't really have that genetic, you know, gift, I guess. Um, maybe I'm built for running because they say I'm lean, tall, whatever. But um, I think that it's kind of cool how if you try, you know, if you work hard, you know, you, you can do pretty cool things. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's a really cool answer. Um, and then the other, the other question I had for you is what, um, I guess it's two part, but what do you love? And, it, and this might answer the second part. What do you love the most about trail running OCR? Like, what is it that you just love and, and how is it, how has it impacted you? So maybe the, you know, the, the answers overlap. Um, but how, how is your sport and your training? How has it changed? change your life you know if you had to put that into words I think I think my training has made me you know some like a disciplined person um I you know because like I do a lot of things and you know I'm, I'm also I guess also makes me like a hard worker too because I'm not lazy like <laughs> you know I people say they don't have time to train and all this stuff well wake up a little earlier or, or do it after of just, you know, you know, laying around doing nothing. Like, I guess I just don't have that, um, excuses mentality at all. Yeah. Um, I've been that kind of person that like would make excuses. Um, I actually kind of err on the side of overtraining sometimes, which is what I'm, I try to not do now. I'm trying to pull back to not let that happen. But if anything, I would be doing, I'm really good at doing too much. Um, okay. less. But I think training is, I don't know, I think it's helped give me, like, structure and stuff in, in my life. Um, I think it's a stress reliever. I love, you know, I love running. I think it's a great stress reliever. Um, I always feel good after. Um, 
I don't know. It's like part of my daily routine now, you know, it's not something that I feel like I have to do. It's something that like, I'm glad I get to do. So, and I really enjoy it. Like I didn't really enjoy running on the treadmill. I enjoy running in the woods, you know, I enjoy running on the trails. So that's awesome. Um, I can see the questions are coming in, but I'm going to ask one more because I'm the host and I get to, what would, what would you say, like, if you were talking to the horseback rider, Lauren, who was, you know, four or five years old and told her what you're doing right now, what do you think she would say? Like, if you describe you, you're going up to the Adirondacks and tearing up the mountains, what do you think she would say? Probably laugh. Um, (laughs) Because I've, because I've never, uh, you know, I've never been that, like, I never been that type to run. And I always thought I was terrible at it because, you know, in high school when all the kids are so fast, like I was so slow, <laughs> I just never, you know, pictured myself that way. And then when I did bodybuilding, you know, we would kind of make fun of all the runners and we would make fun of all the people that do cardio. Like it, so I think, yeah, basically laugh because it's the complete <laughs> opposite of what I'm doing right now. that is awesome okay I'm gonna look in the chat here I know we've got a couple so let me scroll back to the top um let's see I'll read you a couple comments as well because it's it's been chatty Dave Gilbert yep (laughs) all the ultra jogger Davey G he says I've been trying to follow Lauren in Mountain Creek not an easy task which is, I'm sure, very true. Uh, let's see. Anthony Coluccio says she's a beast. Uh, Dave Gilbert, again, says short races are for the birds. <laughs> um, okay. So first question we've got is from Christina Lude. How do you prepare for an FKT attempt? Do you preview a route once? A few times? How does that work? So I'm absolutely terrible with um, navigation. I've gotten lost basically every race I've ever done. um, And that stresses me out the most when it comes to these FKTs. I'm like, you know, because I have friends who either hold the FKT for them for the men um, or I know people that have done this and I'll be like, how is a trail? Like, is it well marked? you know, because I know that's, that's, what's going to get me. Like, that's what's going to get me. So I discover this thing called all trails and it's, it has most routes on it. And then people leave reviews about the trail. Um, so I, I kind of look at that and I look at reviews. Um, a lot of times I know either the male, the man who has the FKT or I know somebody who ran it so I can go to them and I basically have that map on my phone so that when I'm running, I just in case I do get lost or I don't know, you know, if I have a question, I can just pull my phone out. And yes, this is not optimal when you're going for speed, but I've probably done this with most of my FKT attempts, like pull my phone out just to make sure I'm on track. Um, and for, for some of the longer ones, it's definitely a good idea to go and do like a scouting route first, like with Stonetown um, Tavern, I did, I went there and just scouted out the loop first because it's kind of hard to follow. Um, There's a lot of, so the first time I went there, I did not go for the FKT. I just went to scout it out and get a feel for the trail. Right. So um, I'd recommend doing that for the most part. Um, But I've kind of also like when you go to the Adirondacks, it's like, well, I mean, I'm up here. So I kind of need to just like, if I want to go for it go for it. Right. So I talk to people, use all trails and try to follow, you know, the trail as best as possible. So. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Let's see. Next one. Well, Melinda Noel says, Lauren, you're amazing. Such an inspiration. Um, Let's see. Kaylin, Kaylin Hopkins, FKT holder for New Jersey out and back. She says, she says, go crush the AT. What is, your, <laughs> what is your nutrition like in races and in everyday life? Are you super strict with your diet? So in races, um, I'm, I usually try to stick to the 
you know, the real food gels like spring energy. I love them. Um, honey stinger. I stick to them. And then besides that, like for the long, long races, like, you know, 50 mile on, I'll definitely have like real food, like M&Ms, peanut butter and jelly, um, chips, you know, kind of whatever I really am in the mood for. Uh, but everyday life, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat meat or fish. Um, I've been that way my entire life, so I, I've never eaten meat or fish. So, but because of the bodybuilding background, I, I do know a lot about nutrition, and I know how much, I need to, how much protein I need to get, carbs, fat, all that. Um, so I do make sure I get enough protein because that's really important. And really, honestly, what I need is just to make sure I eat enough because uh-huh. I'm doing a lot. So um, I wouldn't say that like I'm clean eating all the time. I would say probably like 70% is healthy and then 30% is like kind of whatever um, because like I need the calories. So I'm not just going to lettuce, you know, whatever. So I do eat a lot of food and, you know, like I said, like I feel better eating better. So most of my food is, you know, is definitely more on the healthy side, but lots of protein, um, lots of carbs. What's your main form of protein? Do you get it a lot from beans? Do you do protein shakes that are like plant-based or? I don't. So I do, I do have whey protein, so I don't, um, use the plant-based protein. I'll use normal whey protein, um, shakes basically daily. I eat a lot of eggs like whole eggs, lots of every day, uh, Greek yogurt, um, I'll eat cheese and then, um, like tofu and like there's vegetarian options of like veg burgers and like vegetarian chicken. There's like a lot of, a lot of vegetarian options that provide, you know, protein as well. So yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's amazing how many, uh, vegetarian options there are now when you go in the food store. I mean, even just compared to like the last five, 10 years, it's really changed, you know, in, in the, in the food store. Definitely. Uh, okay. <laughs> Jess B, how do you bleed during every trail? <laughs> I think she's messing with you a little bit, but actually it's true. You do, you, you've got some scars on your knees. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is like when you run this stuff, you know, things can happen. And I had a pretty, I had a pretty bad fall on Saturday um, in the Catskills. And I was, I was going slow. I was just chilling, you know, and I feel like when you're going slow and you're kind of just going at an easy pace, that's when you fall. I mean, when you're going hard, you're like being, you're much more aware of where you're going, where your feet are going. But when you kind of relax, that's kind of when it happens. But I mean, that's kind of the fun of it. I mean, there's a risk involved. So, you know. Yeah. I know. I was thinking thinking earlier when you're talking about uh, the downhill Tammany, it really is a fine line when you're running down hill especially mountains and technical train of like controlled effort but also just fearless it's it's a very very thin line that you're balancing it is and like when you're running a downhill like tammany you want to just kind of glide over the rocks it's like a hard hard concept to grasp for me it was in the beginning but um when i was looking at it like how do you run down this but you're actually you're actually just gliding down it when you go hard. You're just kind of gliding through the rocks and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to jab your feet or like make sudden movements, which you kind of do when you go slow. But when you're going fast, you just kind of glide over them. And I think that's why I, I usually fall if I'm going slower, being, yeah, <laughs> not paying yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah. And Tam, Tammany's tough because on the descent, there's just so many loose rocks, you know? Oh, yeah. So like you said, oh, yeah. it's worse you know, going that half speed of slow and fast, it's almost worse, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Okay, we've got another question. This might be our last one. We'll see if anyone else drops it in. Uh, G, G Reed, Lauren, are you going to be at the last squatch standing? It looks like I am. Yes, (laughs) Yes. she is. Yes, she is. (laughs) It should be fun. It is, it is a ton of fun. Have you done an event that style before? No. And the, the last man standing event, you know, that's similar with the four miles every, every hour. That was something I really wanted to do just to kind of see how long, you know, I could go. So this is kind of a cool event because it's like only a mile, but like you have to go much faster eventually. Yes. I think it's harder. And, um, I guess I have to try to be fast that day. So it should be fun. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's unique. Uh, we we got the race idea from a uh, race director, Scott English. He's up in New York State, and he puts on his event. It's called the Table. I think it's called the Table Rock Challenge. Um, so I'm pretty sure he originated the idea, but he starts with a. Um, I, I want to say like 25 minutes on the clock or something. Um, so pretty much most runners can get to the 50K mark if, if they are an ultra runner. Um, so he told us about the idea and uh, me and my team were like, well, why don't we shrink it down even further, start with 18 minutes on the clock. And uh, not only that makes the event shorter, but it also will really push runners, you know, to get, faster and faster and faster. Um, so do yeah. you have, I'm sure you've looked at the race and race results. Do you have a goal in mind for October? Or are you just going to go out there and uh, you've said a few times, wing it. Is that kind of the plan? You're going to just see what happens? Yeah. I'm just going to send it and see what happens. Um, yeah. Cause I, I don't really have a goal. I, I was looking at race results and uh, saw some fast people, you know, did pretty well, but I mean, if you want to break 20 miles, you better be going pretty fast towards the end. So I want to, I want to go that far. So I, I better be going fast. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. That is awesome. It's, it's definitely an event where it's very fun to watch. Um, and especially enjoyable as a spectator, the later the race goes, there's a lot of carnage, a lot of carnage at the end. <laughs> That's but, what I like to say. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. I, you know what? I'm looking at the clock and we are, we are over nine o'clock. So I apologize for eating into your evening a little bit further. Um, but Lauren, this was Squatchtastic. Thank you so much, so much for coming on and sharing your evening with us. Um, I had the best time chatting with you, getting to, you know, learn more about who you are as a person and an athlete. And uh, thank, just thank you so much for being gracious with your time. Thank you. It was great. So much fun. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. If you missed this live broadcast, you can catch it on the replay. It will be up on our Facebook page, and it'll also be loaded onto our podcast in the next couple of days. So if you want to learn more about who we are as Sasquatch Trail Runners, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Sasquad Trail Running. Our website is sasquadtrailrunning.com. And if you're looking to get connected with other amazing trail runners and hikers like Lauren, you can connect with us on our Facebook group, which is Sasquad Trail Runners, where you can connect and learn more about other runners who are in your area and stay up to date on the latest Squatchy news. So that's all we got for tonight. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, keep it squatchy.